You don't fully know what grief is until you experience it. It was evening in Music City as I walked through the airport on my way home. Nashville, Tennessee had become my home for four years now, but tonight it felt foreign. Everything from the honky-tonk bars to the country music ads reminded me of where I had just been and what I had permanently left behind. See, my grandpa came to visit me after I moved to Nashville. He had grown up loving classic country and bluegrass and remembered seeing things on TV that said, live from Music City or the Grand Ole Opry. His face lit up when I took him to downtown Nashville. Now, just three years later, I was traveling back from his funeral, where 450 family members and old friends had come to celebrate the wonderful life and legacy of love and faith he had left behind. And here I am, back home, and everything looked different, because I knew he wasn't around to see it. No one here, no matter how wonderful or close to me, would ever know him like everyone back home did. No one understood. I was the only one who did. Grief has a way of rocketing us into severe isolation. Stepping out of that isolation is where the processing starts. Thankfully, a full-on breakdown and a couple days later, I got to a healthier place. But this doesn't stop the pain or the tears from welling up every time I think about the last time I saw him here on Earth or remember that he won't be there the next time I go home. But here's the thing. My grandpa loved Jesus. I know for sure that God's got him right now and his suffering and sickness are over. He's not present here on Earth, but I know he's alive and well. And I trust God with this. So yeah, loss is really hard. So I think we need to talk about it. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you, you're not the only one. Hosted by Candice and Rebe. A few weeks before Rebe's grandfather passed away, I was shopping at Forever 21 with a friend and I received a text message saying that my grandmother passed away. At the time, I didn't know what to do with it because I am nowhere near any of my family. So... I was instantly concerned for my dad, whose mother had passed away, but my family's in California. My grandmother was from Boston and I was nowhere near that. So for me, it was really isolating being so far from everyone else who was grieving that I didn't know how to grieve. In the midst of trying to process my grief and decide what I was gonna do if I was gonna go to my grandmother's funeral or not, I talked to my friend Victoria, whose story you're gonna hear today. and. Her advice was instantly that I needed to go and be with my family because that was going to be so helpful and healing for my grief process. I know that Rebe and I are not the only ones who have dealt with loss. That's why I'm so excited that my friend Victoria Clemens is here to share her story of loss, mainly of her father, but also of dreams and a romance that was all around the same time. The way she's dealt with it, grown from it, and learned to speak about it is so beautiful. I hope it helps you in your healing process or helps you get a better understanding of what people go through when loss happens. And if nothing else, be encouraged and inspired by the joy and love in her voice. For someone who has experienced great loss, her life is filled with joy and hope that you too can come out on the other side. (laughs) 
So I, I grew up in New Mexico. Um, and then after college, I moved to Los Angeles. And so I lived there for 10 years. And I was pursuing music. I went to a music school out there. And um, I was actually in a season of my life where I had actually recorded some music. I'd been on a small tour. I was signed with a couple of publishing companies. And then I suddenly got news one morning that my father had passed away suddenly without warning. No one knew about it. We weren't expecting it. And it was devastating. It was completely devastating to everyone in my family. Like we had no warning. Um, and I think learning how to walk through that was where my story really began. Um, I was a Christian and I thought I was really, I had this really firm relationship with God, which I did. But then whenever you have something traumatic kind of happen, it kind of just shakes everything up. Those two years after the sudden passing of my father were obviously two of the hardest years I'd ever walked through. And then, um, but also it, it sounds so weird, but I, I feel like for me, what I've learned through this entire journey with grief is that grief is actually an invitation to know the goodness of a loving father. And so that is actually um, my story. After he passed, I was grieving. And then I felt like my career, which I was assuming was going to be music, kind of just fell apart. So everything disintegrated, like nothing ever happened. And it was very devastating to me as well. As I was grieving a, an earthly father, I felt like my career was falling apart. Um, and then you fast forward a couple of years and there was a loss of a romantic relationship and what I thought was going to be a future of something. And that didn't pan out the way I was hoping. And, and I'd felt like I went through a three year period of things just being taken from me and just living in a lot of pain and really making that pain, um, kind of like my armor. Like that was how I filtered everything in my life through was almost like that victim mentality of, but you don't know what has happened to me. You don't know the pain that I've experienced. You don't know what it's like to, you know, lose a parent or uh, lose a career or lose the hope of a future. But it was through that three-year period where God really just kind of stepped in and started changing everything for me and really started showing up in a way that I had never experienced him before. And this is something Candace and I have talked about because we are friends and um, we I've talked about this over coffee many times, but um, my experience, so the day my father passed away was also the day that I received more of the presence of God that has never left me since that day. And I feel like that just kind of represents God's goodness because the day I lost an earthly father was also the day I received more of a heavenly father. And so that's the character of God. And so I began this like wild journey of walking through grief with a really, really present and tangible God. Like not just the God that you read about, but don't have experience from, it's actually showing up in my life every single day in crazy ways, like feeling the presence of God in ways that I'd never felt before. Um, feeling the power of the Lord, feeling the protectiveness of him. You know, in the Bible, it talks about God as your, the Holy Spirit is your comforter and he's your counselor. And I knew, I learned through that season, like, that tangibly. Um, and I have like crazy, like amazing stories of God just like coming in and doing all these things. But I was still kind of walking around like a little fractured, like giving him part of my heart, but not giving him all of my heart. And then 
as I continued to walk out those next years, I, I think what had really happened was by the end of the third year and the relationship didn't pan out, I, I had this like crazy, almost like turning point not like you've got to get it together, but kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, um, just kind of like trying to live like one foot in and then one foot out mm-hmm. in his goodness, you know? And, um, and I realized, no, like, I don't know everything. God is, is just so much bigger. Um, and so we just, he and I just kind of began this like journey of, okay, like, let's see what your goodness is all about. You know, like, let's see all the things that you have for me that I couldn't plan. Can I ask, was, yeah. I know, so you experienced the presence of God and the Holy Spirit in yeah. like a new way. Was that before or after you heard about your dad? Okay, yeah. That's, I'm just curious. Oh, no, that's so perfect. So um, it was actually both. Wow. So I had, um, I had known about Holy Spirit prior to my dad passing in very, in small ways, like, um, but I think since I was a little girl, like I would feel his presence, but I, it didn't become real. The day my father passed away, it was later. I I received a phone call that morning that he had passed. And then it was that evening. Um, and for me, there was a situation and I, I was, starting to pray at the end of the night. Um, and I felt so much authority when I prayed and it was different than anything. It wasn't anything I was doing, but I remember this like protectedness. Like I felt like there was like an authority that was happening when I was praying that I had never experienced before. Um, and at the time I didn't know what was happening. Like I was grieving and I just thought, okay, this is just part of grief. Like, I don't know why I feel like I have all this authority or there's a weight when I pray. That might be a better better way of saying it. Like, I felt like there was a heaviness when I prayed, but not in like a dark way, in a like a, a firm way. I kind of walked out those next few weeks kind of being like, okay, like this isn't lifting, like this is continuing. And then I would just keep walking out a few more weeks, a few more months. Oh, this isn't going away. So now it's six years later and I'm like, oh, it was actually just the presence of Holy Spirit. And I didn't know what what was happening at the time. I didn't grow up knowing much about Holy Spirit. So this was just kind of new territory to me. Like, I don't, I know who God is. I know who Jesus is, but Holy Spirit is something completely different. But in the last six years, he is like my best friend. So I know him very, very well now. And, um, and it's just been such a fun, fun journey, such a like, a redeeming thing, if that makes sense. I know people have abused the name of Holy Spirit and abused his giftings and have made him look really, really weird and unsafe and uncomfortable. And so I think um, there are times when God will actually stretch us and ask us to step out of like comfort, but it's always so peaceful and he can always be trusted. And so I think for me, that was kind of like my benchmark of like, okay, I know God is good. I know he's safe, like it's okay. It was this like kind of wild journey of like understanding Holy Spirit as like another member of, you know, like he's literally, there's God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I was able to have a relationship with him that was like a best friend. I also know my personality is like a feeler. And so like, I feel really deeply like, and I feel Holy Spirit. So it was a lot of like a presence. Um, But I also know like other members of my family who are more intellectual and more thinking type, they probably have completely different experiences with Holy Spirit. And so I don't think one way is 
better or another. And so you have freedom to talk to God however you want. Exactly. And it, yeah. yeah. So you're not, we don't all have to be the same, you know, but that was just like my experience um, with Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then he was like my buddy, you know, walking and that's, through that's grief. that's what he's supposed to be. Yeah, Like exactly. Jesus, when he was leaving earth, he said, I'm going to leave you yeah. a comforter. That's mm -hmm. like, and really it's better than Jesus right. physically being here because the Holy Spirit can be everywhere. He's with us all the time. Yeah. He empowers us. Pain is so loud that it's hard to hear anything else because all you're hearing is pain. So I think it's really, really important to get to know the character of God and the nature of God, who is like his entire nature is a loving father. Like it is, he is always for you. He is always um, going to be with you. And as I was preparing for this, I was like, okay, God, like, what do you want to say to people? And I was looking up scripture and, you know, obviously Jesus is talking about in the Beatitudes that blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And I thought, what a weird thing to say. Like, why would you use the word blessed? And so I looked that up, like, and it literally means to be happy. I'm like, okay, well, then that's even weirder. Like, why are you saying it's happy that you mourn? And then I looked up the word comforted, and it said um, that you were, will be supported or encouraged. And so God is saying, actually, no, be, like, really excited because I, I have words of encouragement for you. And I think what we don't understand as humans is we think of encouragement like, if your mom pats you on the back and like encourages you, that's really sweet and nice, but it's it's kind of like temporal. But if God encourages you, it's actually lasting and it actually deposits something within your spirit that never leaves. And I think that that is why um, he's saying like, you can trust me in this. Like you never want to stay in grief. You never want to um, like live there. That's not a place where you live. Like that's a place that you pass through. And there are like, I believe tangible things that you are needed, like as you're grieving, like I don't think it's, I think it's really important not to brush past it or try to get out of it um, because it is a season and you actually have to walk through it. Um, I believe that you need really, really, really good support system around you. Um, I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy. I also believe in, you know, Holy Spirit. So I think that in whatever that looks like for you as you're grieving is really important. And it's really important to be vulnerable and then tell people what you need um, and to not try to like push your way through pain. Because I think pain is actually that like indicator that something has happened and you need to listen to it. And then you need to grieve, whatever that looks like for you. And, and that's the thing with grief, like it changes daily. Some days you might need something different than you needed the day before. But I just believe in being really transparent because you're going to want to withhold and you're going to want to stay insular and not be around people and just kind of wallow in it because that's the louder voice in your in your head. And I think that's when it's really important to like ask people like, hey, can you just come sit with me? And I know a lot of people who haven't walked through maybe the death of a loved one or a parent or a sibling or a child, like they don't know how can I comfort someone else? How can I be there for them? And, and I think what people don't always have words to ask for is that you just, you don't need anything. You just need someone there. Um, and so for me, I mean, it just looked like I really wanted people to like bring me food or do my laundry or clean my house. <laughs> like the little things that I was like, oh, I don't have any emotional energy to just do like daily life. And I think that's why, you know, w you have family. Like when I, um, so it actually took me, so I was living in Los Angeles. 
Um, I received the phone call uh, from my sister that my dad had passed away at like 7 a.m. that morning. And then um, I couldn't get home. I didn't get home until about 9 p.m. that night. It was just a really, really long travel day. When I walked into our house, like my parents' house was filled with women. There was women doing the dishes. There was women sitting with my mom. There were people at the table. There were my family. I mean, the house is completely full. And for the next couple of weeks where I was in town, people were constantly stopping by. People were constantly um, coming and sitting with my mom. They were bringing us food. They were doing the dishes. I mean, they, and I think that's just such a beautiful example of family and the way that you're actually supposed to walk out grief with people. Um, and so then when I flew back to LA, it was actually really lonely because um, my friends were amazing and they did what they could, but there was also a huge age gap kind of, you know, I had came from a smaller community and these are older women who had have walked through this before. So you kind of know what to do, you know, and then I kind of fly back in and Honestly, my friends were amazing, and they loved me so, so well. Um, but I think I just missed that, like, can someone just come? Can you come do my laundry? And also, too, it, you know, I was living in Los Angeles, so I didn't have a washer and dryer. That was probably another thing. So you got to, like, take it to the laundromat. <laughs> oh, the you know? worst. Oh, yeah. sit in the laundromat and, you and be sit, sad Oh, my gosh. Laundromat. Eight out of my ten years in L.A., I was sat in laundromats, yeah. So when I moved here, I was like, this is the holy land. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> You have oh, oh there are washers yeah. and dryers there, here. and yes what? and refrigerated air yeah. and I have a dishwasher like man where have I moved to this, this is, is incredible yeah and that then, is so different like going from a small community to right. even if you have a good community it's right. not the same like history or closeness where everybody knows everybody's everything yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. good Which and can have bad its pros and cons <laughs> but in this case absolutely. it is a pro well, yeah absolutely. Like, well, both of us recently lost grandparents. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah. and we're both not living near our family. Mm-hmm. Like, I know when my grandmother passed away, I was, like, I didn't really know how to mourn. And also, yeah. like, uh, being away from everyone else and, like, mm-hmm. not seeing, like, how my dad was doing and, like, how mm-hmm. my siblings were doing and just kind of like feeling really alone in it, even though I have amazing friends right. like who were encouraging, like nobody had like the understanding of my grandmother or whatever like that. And I'm sure that was totally similar. Yeah. And yeah, of course my friends here are amazing, but yeah. like it's almost, I came back from my grandpa's funeral and being surrounded by that community of people I grew up in. And my grandpa was super well known in our town. So he had like over 400 people at his viewing mm-hmm. you know like and at the funeral wow. and I knew pretty much all of them from my childhood and so coming back it was just like nobody yeah is, I know and that's silly to say because mm-hmm. someone's gonna understand because people have lost people mm-hmm. but being with that community mm-hmm. and that history and your family like you have to in order to grieve sometimes yeah. I think oh, it, for me it was like the difference between nine day because I was feeling it before I even left to go there to like mm-hmm. with my family and with being with my family and able just to like cry with them and like deal mm-hmm. with it, you know, mm-hmm. and not that it just went away, but like it was really helpful mm-hmm. because I felt like I was like, I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know how to do this on my own. Like, do I cry? Do I, you know, or whatever. But like being with my family was helpful in like that community. Yeah. You both just touched on something that was, that's huge. And it's the, the ability to feel known. I feel like in a season of loss, one of the biggest things that is hard is that you don't feel known. 
Um, and that's where, you know, God, your relationship with God is really important because, and very comforting. And I found even for me, there were things that I couldn't even emotionally articulate. Like there was pain that I didn't have words to explain to my friends. Um, but I knew I could just cry and God would understand it. Like I didn't have to figure out the right word to make him understand how I was feeling. Um, and that was so comforting to me, um, just to be able to feel so known by him, just as is, you know, I didn't have to try to validate my pain or, you know, you're also mourning the loss of other people getting to know the person that you've lost. And that looks completely different too. And that's a, that's another like type of loss, like, oh, future people that come into your life won't know your grandparents or my father the way that I did. You know, they'll know the stories and the legacy that they have left, but they won't know the face-to-face interaction. Um, and that is worth mourning as well. God is still so good in that. You know, he's, he can easily redeem anything um, in any way. And so for me, and I even six years in, like I'm still uncovering more layers of how good God is in this one particular area of my life. Another important thing I believe is actually taking care of your physical body when you're going through grief. Your emotional state and your physical state are actually combined and that your body doesn't work outside of emotions, like they're not separate. Um, And I only because I walked through my body kind of falling apart, um, both after the loss of my father and then after moving here and failed relationship and just the stress and trauma of that. Like (laughs) I had issues with my thyroid and adrenal fatigue twice and I had um, I couldn't eat certain foods. And but I think when you're going through grief, another thing that I found myself wanting to do was I just want to get through the pain as quickly as I can. So I want to like do everything I can to get through it really, really fast um, and kind of bypass the pain actually, you know, I don't know if it's because I'm a seven on the Enneagram and every, you know, everyone's talking about the Enneagram in Nashville right now. It's like the hot thing, but you know, sevens, we don't want to feel pain at all. So we will kind of just try to avoid it the whole time. I think it's really, really important that you don't try to avoid pain. Um, specifically in regards to your physical body, I think trying to be really gentle with it and doing the thing, like if you need to rest that day, then you rest. And if you need to, you know, only eat these certain foods, then do that or whatever it looks like for you. Like you know your body and you listen to it, but that you just take care of it. And I think also when you actually address what's happening internally um, and receive healing internally, it actually blesses your external body. And so I'm a big believer in um, a lot of prayer and a lot of help, um, outside help if you need it. But um, I just believe that God really wants to heal you from the inside out. Um, So that's kind of something else that I wish I had learned earlier on. Even I try to handle just my everyday life, even if I'm not, you know, going through grieving, try to take care of like the physical body. I think sometimes when you go through grief, you think that you have to heal yourself. Like it's, it's your responsibility to, to, get through it and to heal. Um, but I actually believe that is like the job of Holy Spirit is, is actually to heal you. You know, Jesus died on the cross for it. So he actually paid that price. Um, and I think it, it's so beneficial if you can actually just posture your heart to receive healing. I feel like even in the world, it's so much easier to 
be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to strive for that as opposed to sitting back and resting and receiving. But I just believe really strongly that that is like the Lord's job. And so um, he will actually heal you. And it's just going to be so much easier if you just let him let him do it as opposed to you trying to figure it out. Yeah. And just trying to stay really focused on him. You know, I remember right after my dad had passed, I was sitting in L.A. Um, at my friend's house and we had had lunch. And um, my friend Blake had mentioned something about when his mother had lost her father at a young age. And she had this opportunity to either run away from God or run towards him. And I remember him just kind of telling me this story and and him asking me the question, like, Victoria, you actually now have this opportunity. You can run closer to the Lord or you can run further away from him. I remember thinking, well, of course I'm going to run closer to him, but not even realizing like the fact that me, that I acknowledged that that's what I needed to do actually just kind of launched me further into the arms of God. And um, it was like such a turning point. Like I can remember exactly where I was sitting, exactly, you know, what he said and how important hearing that was. Because I think sometimes if you don't make that decision right out of the gate, it can be so easy to, you know, have the enemy kind of keep you in the trenches longer than you're supposed to be. Um, And that's not what God wants for you. He actually wants you healed and whole, and he wants to be with you through it. And he wants to you know, walk you through it. And I think that's a thing. Like everything I've learned about grief has been about the nature of God's goodness. And I wouldn't have never known that if I didn't walk through grief, if I didn't have to walk through loss, not just in the passing of my father or the passing of a dream in a career or the future of relationship and family. Like those three areas of my life just felt so lonely at times, but knowing, oh, you know what, God actually knows the end to all of these stories. Um, And I can't see it yet, but I'm going to trust that he's walking right beside me to get me through this, you know. And so I just think that if you remember those things, it's going to actually give you the tools to help you walk through your grief in a really healthy way and in a way that's actually going to set you up for success down the road. I believe that God never leaves you without. Something is never removed without him leaving something in return. Whether that is more of his presence, his provision, his hope, his protection, whatever it is, God is always going to redeem and restore because that is his nature. That's who he is as a good dad and everything he does is through love. I feel like the enemy really tries to come at you with fear when there's sudden loss or traumatic loss. so much so that you might even find your imagination going towards like, oh no, is this phone call coming with bad news? Is, you know, am I gonna lose my other remaining parent the same way I lost my previous parent? Or, you know, I just, I feel like the enemy is such an accuser and he really wants to instill fear in you. Um, And that really makes me actually really angry (laughs) because I think that is never God's intention with when things happen. like. In grief, if you can learn how to recognize the voice of your father and the accuser and to learn their voices and learn the difference in their voices, because the enemy will always try to sound like God. But if you know God's voice, you're going to know it's the enemy, you know, and that's really important to know how to fight um, when those things do come up and when fear does try to 
strangle you because it's going to try because that's what he operates on. Um, but if you can learn the nature of your God and the way that he speaks to you and hold that really, really close and really tightly, it's going to just enrich your life in so many ways. Yeah, and so in closing, I had, when I was praying this morning and asking the Lord, like, what do you want to say to everyone who's listening who might have gone through grief or experiencing loss and no matter what it is whether it's the loss of a loved one or the loss of a dream or the loss of um you know whatever it may be um he just kept bringing this verse to mind and I just was like this is the heart of God I got so teary um when I was reading it um and it's Jeremiah 31 3 through 4 and I still get teary just looking at it it says I have loved you with an everlasting love I have drawn you with unfailing kindness, and I will build you up again. And I just felt like there's someone who actually needs to hear that, that God is always for you. He loves you with an everlasting love that will never leave, and that He, in His unfailing kindness, is going to build you up again. He's going to give you a hope and a future. Nothing will negate the pain that loss brings but it doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Like Victoria, take this season of sorrow, pain, and even doubt to push towards your heavenly father. He's there waiting with open arms. Your circumstances don't have to keep you isolated. Let them spur you on to deeper joy, deeper understanding, and a deeper relationship with the one you will never ever lose.